So welcome back to the Sefi podcast. This is a special bonus episode to celebrate the end of season one. Welcome to the European Engineering Educators podcast by Sefi, the European Society for Engineering Education. We're a non-profit international organization active since 1973 and the largest European network of engineering educators. Our mission is to develop and improve engineering education and strengthen its image in society. So we recognize that you might not have had time to listen to all the episodes all the way through. We thought we'd just touch upon some of the sort of themes that have come up in this bonus bite-sized version. So Neil, I know you keep on top of all the statistics and downloads. (laughs) I was just wondering if you could uh, share with us how season one has gone. I'll be glad to, Natalie. When we launched the podcast, we had no idea who would listen. And we're really surprised. Um, We've had downloads in many countries. It's an example, Singapore, Vietnam, Sweden, Romania, Norway, Netherlands, Ireland, Germany, France, Denmark, Switzerland, Belgium, the US, Italy, Australia, El Salvador, Brazil, Israel. There's just too many to mention. So wherever you're listening to this, please continue to support us by liking and sharing it. And we hope that you really enjoy it. Right, definitely a further reach than than just Europe, I guess. Absolutely. So we recognise that you'll be listening from lots of different places in the world and some of you might not necessarily speak English as your first language. Um, and some of the feedback that we've received is, is sort of regarding the difficulties that you might have in maybe following the podcast and so m- that maybe we should have it in different languages so it's a bit more accessible. So we've decided that one of the ways to sort of address this is to sort of provide translations to episodes. So you'll now be able to find all our episodes of season one on the Sepi YouTube channel. So you can head over there and listen to the podcast with subtitles for your own languages. And we'll make sure that we link the Sepi YouTube channel in the show notes. Um, I guess another thing that's on our mind is maybe if you wanted to come on as a guest and speak in your native language. And we welcome sort of feedback and ideas as we could uh, facilitate this. Okay, so season one's finished. It's six episodes, and we just want to thank everyone for listening, but also thank the guests who stepped forward to uh, record these first episodes. We thought we'd do in this episode a short summary of what we think are some of our highlights and key themes from these hours of conversations we've had. So maybe that you can go back and listen to the shows that you might find interesting that you haven't had a chance to listen to yet. And I guess also just remember that the show notes that are published on the Steffi website and the article give sort Mm. of links and references to all the resources that are mentioned in the episode. So that's also another place that you can go and find out about more about these episodes. Okay, so let's now take a look back at season one and those six episodes so when we were listening back through the episodes we've sort of identified a few Mm. themes and commonalities i guess between some of what the different guests spoke about so neil what was the first theme and the first theme that came across was quite a traditional theme in engineering education which is theory versus practice what are we teaching and what does industry need Mia Stevens in episode two 
summarises this with respect to statistical thinking in quite a nice way. Yeah, I'd say that, that, that typically what we would see at the university level is statistics taught in a very theoretical manner. Um, so I taught industrial statistics uh, for, for engineers uh, at the university, and the requirement was that it was a calculus-based course. You know, engineers get a lot of calculus. They get a lot of theory. But to be effective in using statistics, um, it really needs to be practical and applied. So one of the things we saw or I saw was a, was a disconnect between the way that we're teaching statistics uh, at the university level and what students actually need when they get out into the field. To be effective in, in applying statistics, it's really practical. It's really hands-on. You look at your data. You see your data. You visualize it with your data. You interact with your data. But this typically isn't what's taught in the university. So there's a lack of appreciation for how important it is to be able to work with data, to be able to make good decisions with data, to be able to design experiments. So yeah, Neil, I, as you said, a, a sort of old theme that uh, we seem yeah. to discuss a lot, um, mm. but really um, picking up on the differences, I guess, between what we teach and what engineers actually need to do when yeah. they're working. Um, and I remember that Mia also mentioned about the need for sort of very authentic uh, assessment um, and, you know, very much an applied assessment. And that's something that Jan also mentioned when, when speaking about sort of interdisciplinary work was the fact that, you know, he tries to have this very authentic assessment where students are working in groups on, you know, real sort of problems that maybe are informed by industry. So I think that sort of theme has, has run through different episodes of the podcast. So let's listen to what Jan said in episode four. I think outside problem owners bring realistic problems, authentic problems. That's very motivating for students. And it is also a first glance at what they will, students will do in their professional life. Uh, so that's, that brings the development of professional skills at the table. Um, it's the best way. It's also laborious because sometimes the problem that comes from outside is not the real problem. So you have to talk it through. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the, the making these connections and handling the connections with the businesses uh, in, in a proper way is, is part of the job if you want to do it on a large scale. So that was Jan van der Veen from TU Eindhoven uh, talking about authentic assessment. And I think that links quite nicely this theory versus practice theme and, and thinking about what goes on in the workplace to thinking about engineers in the workplace and their relationships that they have with um, their co-workers and other people. And this was something that we talked in real depth about with Nikki Sohutska in episode five on empathy. But in our work, we uh, very much expand this idea of empathy beyond just this relationship between designers and users. And we expand it to the entire engineering workplace and certainly beyond as well. And this is really motivated by this idea that empathy and being able to empathically engage with people leads to better relationships. And engineers have a lot of relationships with different people. The, the better the quality of our relationships, and then um, that certainly leads to better outcomes. So Nikki was 
talking about empathy in the workplace and very much a, a practice-oriented consideration. And this leads us nicely into theme two, Natalie. So theme two is working with others. And this came up in, in multiple different episodes, but I guess we can't really speak about working with others without mentioning Emanuela Tiddy's episode, which was all about teamwork. And here's a clip from Emanuela's episode when she talks about psychological safety. There's a, a case study that we, we talk about within the program given by Google, where they've said that, you know, the head of industry at Google says there's no team without trust. And so that's what psychological safety is. You, you can define it by the belief that each member of the team holds to say that you won't be punished when you make a mistake or that you, you've had a bad idea or a crazy idea or, you, you know, you've gone off peace or something like that so that you, you won't be punished by your peers. And so it allows for a little bit of risk-taking, speaking your mind, being creative, sticking your neck out without it having to be cut off. So just like things that are encouraged in, in the industry, when you take on a job, they want people to be creative, that they want them to speak their mind and to contribute. So but that you can't do that unless you feel safe. And that's that's something that we work really hard on with students in their in their team working. Yeah, Emmanuel are really highlighting, I guess, how complex teamwork can be and some of the psychological factors involved for our students. Yeah. Another sort of topic that we touched upon with Jan was it's interdisciplinary teams. Yeah. And sort of boundary crossing. And that's obviously another challenge. In itself. So let's hear a clip of Jan from episode four on boundary crossing. Well, with boundary crossings, what we see in student teams that sometimes they just split up the work and then after a few weeks they piece it together. So that's not boundary crossing. And I think if the teams have the best results, if they really try to integrate their solutions in a nice way and have uh, a continuous communication with each other, also try to understand how the other disciplines work, what methods they apply, and what they can take from that. So Neil, I guess we're on to theme three. What was it? Theme three is educators in the spotlight. So turning the spotlight on ourselves. And Roland Tormey, way back in episode one, talked to us about how we as educators need to question our own practice i'm i'm not sure there's something different about about engineering students in and of themselves but there's definitely something different about people who go through engineering programs um so in other words it may not be the students that are different it's us it's people who teach engineering that that are different what, what what's different about it well if you look at uh you know research which tries to measure moral reasoning what you typically find is that as people go through degree programs Typically, their level of post-conventional moral reasoning, their level of kind of advanced moral reasoning, uh, normally increases over time. And uh, engineering programs, when people have looked at them, seem to be a little bit of an outlier in this respect. Uh, engineering uh, students in engineering programs seem to not increase 
their post-conventional moral reasoning to the same extent as in other types of professional degree programs. Um, and in some cases, in some research, uh, we've actually found uh, slight declines in post-conventional moral reasoning as students kind of become more conventional. They become more kind of rule-following um, and less independent in their thinking uh, during some stages in, in uh, during some parts of elf engineering education. So Roland, uh, really encouraging us to look at ourselves, I guess, and the way like assumptions we make and the way that we teach. And this was something that Nikki also mentioned, and I, I guess might be more necessary when we're teaching like things like ethics and empathy to students is this questioning of ourselves. Yeah, I definitely understood what you were talking about at the beginning about feeling a little bit vulnerable, talking about empathy in an engineering class. It's certainly not what most students are expecting. And I also found it a little bit difficult at first. Uh, I felt like I needed to justify um, in a defensive way why that had to happen. And, and so it was more me that had to change. I more had to um, develop more confidence rather than the students that had to change. So those were our first three themes, theory and practice, working with others, and then putting ourselves in the spotlight. What's our fourth theme, Natalie? So the fourth uh, and final theme is really all about the student and so treating the student as a whole person as a, opposed to just a, an engineering student um, mm. and the fact that they have multiple identities um, that we need to sort of think about when we're educating them. So picking up on that theme then, here's Roland from episode one questioning whether we need to assess students on everything. I think we also need to think about assessment in terms of two different parts of assessment. Very often when we think of assessment, you know, in, in higher education, we think about assessing the students. Um, so we, we think about, you know, what, what can I give them to do that they can perform a task will allow me to give them a grade. I mean, that's, 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 an, that's an important part of, of, of higher education. I don't want to diminish it. Um, but I would say that not everything can be assessed in that way. And just because it can't be assessed in that way doesn't mean it isn't important. You know, we, we, we don't give them grades for their attitudes, um, but I think we do want to develop in them certain attitudes, right? We do want to develop in them a sense of responsibility uh, uh, for other people and, and, and for their community. So yeah, Roland really sort of picking up on this idea that we might want to develop other things in students that we don't necessarily assess. And I guess that university yeah. is all about like the grades and engineering degree. It's about how students develop holistically, I guess. Yeah. So picking up on this concept of student as a whole, as a holistic student, I thought it'd be interesting to pick up with what Jan said in episode four about identity? Well, my experience is uh, thinking about Xin Ming, who is one of my PhDs, looking at uh, yeah. developing an identity in a liberal arts college. And oh, wow. Actually, the engineering and social sciences are connected there. Yeah. But then still he finds that some of the teachers, when they put together teams, they, they still refer to which of the students are more techies and which are more <laughs> science kind of students. 
So it's very hard to find the words of what kind of identity are we really talking about. If yeah. if we're talking about the, the the ones who are sort of in the middle. So Jan sort of reminding us about the different identities um, that a student might have. And that's something that Nikki really touched upon as well when she was talking about the use of role play when teaching students about empathy and developing their empathy. Um, sort of mentioning how students take on different roles. But let's hear that. One of the most interesting things about running these empathy uh, modules is uh, so that the students in our classes take on different characters and participate in different role plays. And it's really fascinating to observe them in roles that are different from who they are. So, for example, if they're someone who owns an oil company or a, or a local community member who might be impacted by a particular project, but it's equally fascinating to observe students put on their engineering hat, their engineer hat, and and see who they are as people in this role. And And that provides opportunities for students to start to ask questions and, and interrogate that role. You know, are they the the fixer? Are they the fountain of all knowledge because it's an engineering problem? Yeah. And and what is their responsibility here? Is uh, is is their responsibility to the company that they're working for? Is is it is their responsibility to the dignity work the dignity and worth of the people in the natural environment? So so this is where these kinds of questions can be explored before they go out and become engineers, when they put that engineering hat on in the role plays, they can start to ask their questions about who they are as professional beings. So I think treating student as a whole um, can have many different facets. And I, th I think that's come through in many of, of, of these episodes in series one. Finally, I think for theme four, we could look at the final episode, which was Gary Wood um, from MMIT and what he had to say about treating students as partners. I think the difference in terms of talking about student partners is important. And I actually prefer that term students as partners because it implies a more active engagement on the part of the student in this process. I think one of the dangers of the kind of traditional student voice through a survey, for example, or through, through even through a focus group to a great extent, is that we hear what students are saying but then there's an onus on us to interpret that and react to it. Um, I think there are lots of cases where students perhaps struggle to articulate in words what they what they what they mean or what their what their issues are that they're experiencing with the course or what their suggestions and recommendations might be. And if we shift towards a more active partnership, actually they have an opportunity not just to tell us but to show us and help us to shape the right kind of learning experience for them. So there's the four themes: theory versus practice working with others, educators in the spotlight, and treating the student as a whole. Natalie, do you have any thoughts on those themes? Well, I think we covered, um, you know, quite a variety of, of different roles. I think yeah. definitely treating the student as a whole is my favourite theme. And probably, um, you know, we should definitely be putting the student in the centre. So, yeah, I think I, think I saw that as my favourite. So that was season one. I hope you enjoyed that uh, short summary of these different episodes and some of the main themes that came out from them. 
please feel free to go back and listen uh, to the full episodes, which are available now also on YouTube as well as the podcasting platforms. Natalie, will there be a season two? So yes, um, season two is being recorded and first episode will be available from next month. But in the meantime, if you'd like to share or like the podcast on social media, tell others about it or get in contact with us to let us know what type of content you'd like in the future, please do so. And don't forget to check out season one, which is now on YouTube with subtitles available for your language. So join us for season two coming soon. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye.